0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to NASCAR America Motormouse, Marty Snyder, the Professor Nate Ryan, Steve Letarte, joining you here today. Coming up on the show here in a little bit, Kevin Harvick will be on the show with us after the big win at Michigan. Nate tells me big news for Noah Gregson as well. He'll be in the 42 coming up next year in the Cup Series, so we'll have Noah Gregson on the show here in a few moments. Plus, we want to hear from you guys, 844 NASCAR NBC, as we put a bow on Michigan, start to move forward to Richmond. But, Steve, let's start with the news of the day. Noah Gregson... Hired by Petty GMS, multi-year deal for Noah. Do you like this move by Petty GMS to bring Noah into the fold?
1: I love this move uh, for a couple reasons. First, because Noah's very talented. Uh, I think he's showing maturity. I think we know he's, he's talented behind the wheel. I've been very bullish all year long that I believe, if you believe somebody can run a cup, you need to get him there as soon as possible. The cards are different. Um, They race different. Listen, I call these races, Nate, when I look out the window, it is a bar fight from like 15th (laughs) to 35th. And I think the only way you learn how to fight is to be thrown in and figure it out. I love this for Petty GMS. And add in the Dave Ellens thing. People aren't talking about that very much. Hmm. Dave Ellens, who's matched up with Eric Jones at Petty GMS for the 43. Dave and Noah have had a long history of success. So I don't think I would make any moves. That's not what I'm saying. But now you have a crew chief driver combination, at least in the same organization, I think there's going to be a lot of comfort there for Noah right away and for that reason. I, I do like it, I think. And, and I think him and Eric, just a lot of the similarities, ages, just a lot of things going the right yeah. way. I mean, yeah, you're
2: right. Dave Ellens has that history there with junior motorsports. I just think time's definitely right, I think, for Noah Gregson. And to your point, like Petty GMS, I, I think this positions that team really well because they've had really good successes in two-car team this year with Eric Jones. Uh, and, and Ty Dillon, and I think they are kind of like where teams used to be, say, 20 years ago, where drivers had a chance to kind of develop into an A-team. I think Noah Gregson wants to go to Cup, but he knows he's not ready maybe for the Hendrick Motorsports ride, and maybe this team can kind of put him on that glide path if he shows something
1: in the next season or two of getting into a top-tier ride. Or so, creating one here. Yeah, possibly. Like I will say, Eric Jones and Noah, you, you know, if your leadership at this group I'm selling a lot of blue sky to some sponsors. Like if we have the funding, these two guys, I'm not I don't know if they're Kyle Larson level, but they have shown a lot of potential. And I man, I think the ceiling is very high for this duo.
0: Do you agree with Steve's point that this new car has really changed the game? Yeah. Young drivers need to be up there as soon as they can as soon as they can.
1: I mean, I think
3: that's
2: the same conversation that's going on at Joe Gibbs racing night right now about Ty Gibbs, right? I mean, he's shown in three races that he can race in the top series. In a cup car, in a next-gen car. He was only 20 races behind, essentially, when he got into the 45 in place of Kurt Busch because the next-gen is in its first season. So really, Noah Gregson starts next year only, what? He's he's made three or four cup starts this year. He's only going to be
1: less than a season behind where everybody else is. So I think that that really is a game-changer for next year. And I'll add, those three or four starts for Collar Racing I think have been invaluable for Noah. And if you're Petty GMS, I feel very good about it because at the beginning of the year, Atlanta, he kind of wrecked by himself. I saw some just early mistakes at the cup level. But when I go back and watch Michigan, it didn't all fall his way all day long. But here's a guy that that just blended in. And I mean that as a compliment, right? He didn't stand out as a guy from Saturday trying to find his way on Sunday. He just blended in like he kind of belonged on Sunday. It didn't take many starts for him to look
0: like he was very comfortable around the biggest stars in NASCAR. And I think that's an important point, Nate. It's kind of what we said about Ty Gibbs. Blending in is a good thing. I think these laps for Noah are critical in in the 16. He'll be in this weekend at Richmond as well. More time he gets in this car, the better off oh, he's going to be next year for Petty yeah. GMS. and
2: Steve's right. I think, like, he's
0: showing, especially since,
2: you know, what happened at Road America was very well documented. And it seems as if, both in Xfinity and Cup since then, Noah Gregson has shown maybe a little bit more situational awareness and a little bit more, like, I've got to earn these guys' respect. We certainly saw it in his most recent Cup start. Uh, and, you know, it's definitely a precursor what he you be doing next year.
1: And I want to be clear that I support this decision because of how good the 43's been this year. So if Eric Jones and Dave Ellins weren't able to elevate the 43 from past years, I would say, man, do you really want to bring Noah in the fold? Like you can't you gotta get one running better. They they have. They have one running better. That was the challenge, and they've pulled it off. When I look at Eric Jones, we talked about it, hey, don't sleep on him at Michigan. I know he's a Michigan-born driver, yeah. and that makes a good, you know, a good storyline for the media. But the truth is, I, I don't know if I expected him to go win, but he was in my fantasy line. Like the guy can run well much better than we've seen out of the 43. And I think, no offense to Ty Dillon, having Noah next to him will push Eric. I think this, this whole thing can rise up together with these two drivers. They're, they're kind of, while well, they're not the same person, you know, you got the mullet, Noah, big personality. <laughs> they are not you, the you, same person, not the, person. But yeah, I do yeah, believe yeah. If, you, if you remove personalities, Hands and feet and ability to drive a race car, they're more similar than perhaps people know. I I mean, mean, they're both in their mid-20s, and I think we forget
2: this, that Eric Jones is in his fifth season in Cup, but he got accelerated so fast you know, through where he went through Furniture Road, now to Gibbs, and now to Petty GMS. Um, yeah, I mean, they're really evenly matched, I think, in terms of age. Experience, though, it's a little bit different story, and yep. I, I think it blends well to Steve's point.
0: We uh, expect to chat with Noah Gregson here in a few moments, but the lines are jammed. I'm sure a lot of folks want to talk to Kevin Harvin coming up in a little bit. <laughs> but uh, Patrick from Pennsylvania has a question for us, and I think this is a question certainly that's going to come up. Go ahead, Patrick.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to know, what do you guys think of – Who's going to
0: go to the number nine car for next year? There you go. So who's All right so, no up, right, so one seat moved up. So I
1: saw Sam Mayer has announced he'll be back he'll at be Junior back motor in Sports. I haven't heard anything from Justin Oliver. I don't know his contract, but he's been pretty steady there. So I'm just going to assume he's still in the seven. I don't really know any different. Um, Josh Berry, I think, is the big wild card for me because he's doing such a great job on Saturday, and of his age and his experience, he's one that I would consider is is moving to cup in the near future. If I'm an owner, I'm looking at Josh Berry as potentially moving up. So that does leave the nine open. I think there are some other young stars in the Xfinity Series that would love to get in that JRM equipment. When I look across the, say, fifth to 20th place rankings in the Xfinity Series, I see some names there that, in my opinion, moving to the nine would be improving their equipment. I think that's what you're going to see fill this slot. I have no idea if that's the truth, but my guess is someone else. That or even maybe a truck guy, you know, but there's someone out there I think can
0: move up. I'm sure someone would want to get in that seat, no doubt about it. I mean, if I could drive,
1: I'd be calling Junior. I just can't drive. You know, you would. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, I mean, I
0: hey, man, you want to run like 29th to 35th? I'm your guy. Bro. You can make that happen in the nine car. You're Only saving. if it's good equipment. Oh, okay. I, yeah, you could take a good car and make it mediocre. I can make a good car and make you it you bad. gotcha got you, Stevie. I like uh-huh. that. Well, let's bring in the young man who has made the news of the day, Noah Gregson, joins us now here on NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Uh, Do we interrupt your dinner, Noah? I saw you taking a bite there. What are we eating tonight?
3: Uh, rice cake with jelly on it.
0: Oh man, oh, you please. know how to live, my friend. You know how to live. Well, hey, congratulations on the on the news of the day. So uh, you know, why was this the right move for you to move up to Cup with Petty GMS?
3: Um, I think just you know looking back to the last four years of my career and being at Junior Motorsports, really looking at how they've kind of structured their company and, and the leadership that they have with Dale and Kelly and Mr. Hendrick and lw everybody who is a part of the organization and who really leads the company uh for me it, it's kind of see the same thing and and petty gms as i do in junior motor just the atmosphere there the the family um you know the, the camaraderie that everybody has together it's it's really a uh, place where it's a little bit more laid back and Less structured, but everybody still does their job um, to the full of their potential, and um, they have a lot of great people over there. So I just felt like I could be a home for myself, um, and just really impressed with what they uh, what they're doing so far this year, and, and what they uh, their goals are in the future.
2: Noah, you mentioned that you spent multiple years at Junior Motorsports, but this isn't the first time like your name had been linked to possibly moving up in the Cup Series. Why was the timing right? Are are you glad you waited? Because I'm sure you might have had other opportunities a year or two before. Are you glad you sort of stayed in that family environment like you were talking about at JRM and now are moving to a similar one at Petty GMS?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think just the opportunity is, is kind of all the puzzle pieces are aligned right now and in a good spot. So, uh, you know, junior motorsports, like I mentioned, been in there for the last four years. It's really been – it's been – a home for me and um, you know everybody there is family and it's going to be tough uh, leaving them but I think uh, with new opportunity new challenges like bracing uh, in the cup series full-time GMS is place for me
1: so no I was just mentioned earlier before you jump on when I look at petty GMS I actually agree with you like the same sort of build as JRM kind of a family atmosphere but a familiar face as well Now I know he's crew chief for Eric Jones and I don't expect that to change but how much comfort does it bring you just seeing him in the building, seeing your old buddy Dave, you and him had so much success together on the racetrack. I know you have remained great friends even since you've separated. Um, what, what's it mean to see a guy like Dave in that organization? Did you lean on him? Did you ask him questions? Did he help you at all in this decision
3: or at least reassure your decision? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, I think, uh, uh, I one – He's he's a big part um, over there, at least on their side, probably, I'd say, um, just because he knows me and knows uh, probably me the best out of anybody over there. So I'm sure they went to him for you know, his opinion and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'm excited to be able to work. Uh, I'm not working with Dave next year. Um, he'll be with Eric, but... Uh, I'm excited to work, you know, hand in hand with him, uh, you know, with him being on the other team. So I think, uh, you know, there's, there's opportunity there and, um, you know, we'll we'll set some goals at the beginning of next year and then kind of reevaluate once we get some races into the season. But uh, I think it's a great opportunity. It's a privilege to drive for Maury Gallagher and Mike Beam and the Petty family and, and everybody involved They're They're really passionate. They're really hungry and driven and, um, you know, they they want to win and, um, you know, they're not going to stop until they do so.
0: So, Noah, even though you guys are pretty close to the same age, Eric Jones has been pretty outspoken saying he's excited about mentoring you and kind of playing a new role because he never really had that role in his career. What have you guys already done in the few weeks that you've been over kind of hanging out at the shop at GMS to start building that relationship?
3: Uh, today was really my first time there, so... Uh, Eric and I we've we've hung out um, you know, a lot in the past. Uh and then I think the super late model connection, us both uh our roots are super late model racing and short drive racing and obviously he's had a long career, um, you know, in, in the cup series and I think leaning on a guy like that, he's he's you know, we have similar interest and he's a great guy, great race car driver, he's won cup races, he's he's done it, you know, so I think for a young guy like myself, he's, he's the perfect guy to, to be teammates with. And as long as we can stay together and, and stay on the same page, I think we can do big things together. And uh, I'm excited to work with him. He invited me to a comedy show down in Charlotte uh, two <laughs> Thursdays ago, but I, I was going to uh, dinner with my crew chief. So I told him I'm going to have to pass this time, but I'm sure we'll have uh, many more opportunities to go to comedy shows down in Charlotte uh, next year. Hey, Liz, first of all, I, I love the, uh, the
1: focus on the here and the now, right? you got to blow off your future teammate to work with your current team. I commend you for that. Um, I guess my second question, though, is you, you, you kind of mentioned it, right? I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, hey, what are your goals? I think that's a long ways away. But you have run some in the Cup Series. Your talent's not in question. You're so fast on Saturday. Just what, what, what does the fan not realize? Or what has surprised you as much as well? Like you line up on a Sunday You know, in the fifth row, 10th row, 15th row, how much different is a Sunday than a Saturday
3: for the fan at home? That's tough. I think uh, the best way I could describe it is it really comes down to restarts. Once you you restart it, most of these tracks that I've been to, once you shuffle out after two or three laps, that's kind of where you run. You can go run 13th, or, you know, if you get a bad restart and you shuffle out to 22nd, it's just really, really tough to pass. And um, that's been a big challenge for myself. So, with that being said, I, I think the most important thing that I can really compare to Saturdays is, I like to say, the best, let's say the top five uh, restarts I've ever had. Take those, that's what those guys are doing on Sundays every single restart. And and that's a comparison. They don't miss, they're, they're just good up there. and um, You have to be prepared, and, and this year's kind of been tricky for me, just because, I'm on a little bit of a catch-up program because I'm not behind the wheel of the next-gen car each and every week. But I have an incredible opportunity with college Racing, Matt college and, and Chris Rice, the rest of the number 16 college Racing Chevrolet team. They've been doing a great job, and, and it's been a lot of fun working with them and, and getting my feet wet in the Cup Series. We had an incredible run this past weekend. Legit drove up to a top-five uh, run there for a little bit of the race in the second stage, and then... Um, kind of stepped on it there uh and then the third stage and got into a wreck but just longer races and um you know just trying to be there at the end and, and then the competition on pit road and restarts that's where it's, it's really challenging so um you know just trying to get that that experience as much as i can this year and then really hit it hard next year noah you said that
2: you feel like you and eric jones can do big things i know the 43 is actually ahead of some of the, the bigger teams in Cup this year, so I know he's already doing some of those big things. But, like, what's your, your plan here? I mean, do you guys feel like you can establish Petty GMS and take it up a rung on the ladder? I mean, is this not really going to be a stepping stone for you, but possibly like a, a long term home?
3: No, I, I hope it's a, a long term opportunity. I know they want to grow and they want to build. And Maury Gallagher and they, Mike Bean, they, they say they're old. Um, but they don't have a lot of time to to chase this. They're living on dog years uh, now, and they don't have 20, 30 (laughs) years to go chase this thing. They want to go win races, and, um, you know, it's going to take a lot of hard work. It's going to be a challenge, but I think with the right people in place, I think with, um, you know, drivers like Eric Jones, being able to lean on him, I, I think it, you know, the goals are achievable to one day eventually, maybe not next year, but, down the road, be you know competitive with those teams and, and win races and um, you know compete for championships. But it's definitely not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of hard work. But uh, you know that's a challenge that we're we're ready to take head on. All
0: right, Noah. Congrats. We'll see you in Richmond this weekend. You're in the Cup car again. We'll see you there. Okay.
3: Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. All
0: right, Noah Gregson with a new gig, new contract signed with Petty GMS. Speaking of young drivers, Ty Gibbs back in the 45. This weekend at Richmond, Kurt Busch is out. So, Nate, did you get the sense that the team really wanted to push it, if they could, to get Kurt, certainly not the expense of his health, back in the car this weekend, really to protect their points position in the playoffs, which is kind of slipping away, should yeah. there be
2: 17 winners? I mean, I think that's naturally a question, Marty. That People are certainly going to be asking after Michigan, with, with Harvick now becoming the 15th winner, and Kurt Busch continuing to slide down the playoff grid. He's still in uh, the playoffs at the moment on a provisional berth. But naturally, with, with three regular season races left and the potential for another winner, that's that's a question, Steve, that's, that's going to come up. And again, like, I don't think they would rush well, him back at the expense of his health at
1: all, but people are so, obviously going to be
2: wondering about so it. So I
1: would take the counter. I would I would assume, I know it's a great talking point of 17 winners. If that happens and we're out, we're out. It's not meant to be. Um, I would be the opposite. I would call a current say, we're not worried about it. We're not worried about the points, even if we are. Like, your health is best. And more importantly, I believe if he comes back 100% and they're in the playoffs, he can make a deep run. Toyotas were spectacular. This is a guy that has, you know, hundreds and hundreds of starts. You know, I don't think there's going to be rust to knock off. There's probably going to be a little bit of anxiety Mm -hmm. to just make sure he feels good, right? Like from what I read in his social media today, he felt good. He had to push it to what he considers a race car driver type of effort. And that's when he realized he wasn't 100%. So then when you finally check the box, Marty, and hopefully it's very soon that, hey, I'm 100%. I'm sure there's still anxiety when you get behind the wheel Absolutely. to go prove it yourself, but there's no question of what he can do. One set of corners, when he hits the backstretch and he goes, yep, I feel fine, then he is poised to make a deep run in the playoffs. So I think it's most important to have him back 100%. Don't rush it um, to try to protect something. If it's
0: 17 winners, it's not meant to be. He's won a race. He's done what he needs to do. So for the Ty Gibbs side of things, he is the guest this weekend on the Dale Jr. Download. that debuts tomorrow here on Peacock. And he had an interesting conversation with Dale Jr. about his first race. Here's a sneak peek.
4: We're sitting up there and Steve's like, they can run that whole first stage without even really trying. He he won't get lapped and just go as easy as he wants and take his time. Knowing how I was nervous for my first race. And uh, I would be like, man, what a relief. That's really what I'd love to do. And uh, that's exactly what they told you. They came with the radio, and they're like, hey, man, we're going to chill. Yeah. And w- when you heard that, were you like, that's well, a nice relief? I don't know. I
3: wanted to go. <laughs> really? Yeah. I just wanted to f- – I, I was going to be easy for the first couple of hours, and so I want to figure out how much it was. So I remember I just kind of was stuck back there, and they kind of just worked their way up and up and up.
4: Yeah. Did you ever have any big moments?
3: Yeah. So I got – so they were like – Run the outside of the twenty, so the twenty-four passed me, um, and I just got passed for fourteenth, and I was in fifteenth at the time by William. And I remember I offset to the right on the outside into turn one, and I had my right side in the PJ one. And I remember the car went like this; it did this slow, and then it did like the hospital hop. And I'm like, yeah. oh! And then I kind of gathered it back up, and I got past a couple more, and it finished seventeenth or sixteenth. Yeah. But uh, it was it, it I, that was probably the biggest moment I had. Just super quick, really quick. Yeah.
0: And I stand corrected. The audio version only is out right now. So, yes. Steve. So, so listen, <laughs> yeah. I will say this
1: is, is, you know, Dale and I are great friends, but, but he mentioned my name in there. His nerves for Ty Gibbs, him and I couldn't have been on the farther side of that conversation. You were there when he was talking <laughs> yeah, about, yeah. I'm so nervous. I'm this. I'm like, look, yep. that kid's going to be fine, man. Like, you're all worried. This place is big. And, you know, he's 19. Dale's nervous because of how old he is. You know, we're all nervous because we, we're, we're old enough to know all the things that can go wrong. A 19-year-old, he's like, just let me at it. I'm going to be fi-. like, Like, there, there is some beauty to youthful exuberance, and that's why I've said multiple times, and we've seen it already, just like Noah. Throw him in. Throw him in the deep end. Tell him he's the guy and let him go, and he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I was thinking about today when the news came out about Kurt Bush, like,
2: how much of— I don't know an imposition this by peon on Ty Gibbs that he has to do double duty every week obviously not this week in Richmond because there's no Xfinity race but I I don't think that he seems bothered by it at all I mean to your point Stevie I mean he's he's 19 years old he's grown up around this his entire life um his dad you know if you listen to Coy to Gibbs has prepared him for all of these moments he's got sublime talent obviously um I think he's just enjoying it
1: well he told marty though i I do think and i hope kurt comes back i hoped it was last week i hope it's next week as we get into the playoffs if kurt is unable to return i do think there's a legitimate conversation at some point where they might have to say hey for the xfinity side right Right. Maybe Ty needs to stop running the cup car. Because remember what he told us? We're like, right. hey, you know, yep. is this helping that or that helping there? And it almost sounded like, I don't want to say it was a distraction, but it almost was like, hey. He said the Saturday laps were actually helping Sunday. Right, not, not the, the other. other. Way so so if it's not helping Saturday, mm-hmm. that's his goal is to win a championship. I'm not saying we're there yet and we all hope Kurt's going to. I'm just saying that if we get down the road, at some point, I would put someone else in that car. Right. Right. As important as the cup laps are, I think it's more important for well, him to have a great shot of winning his Xfinity championship. You know what's really interesting, though? There's really, I mean, usually you would say, oh, yeah, because well, the Xfinity sponsor
2: would, would want, the, you know, the priority on their yeah. championship. But it, it's the same sponsor. Same
1: sponsor. That's <laughs> so, a good point. And I mean, his dad owns a race team yeah. or, or his Xfinity team. So, but, and there's other Toyota drivers, I just believe, I hate to say it like that, but at some point. Yeah. I think, that, how about this? It's better to say in January we committed to this. Yeah. And we're going to see this through, regardless of what else has happened around us. I believe it's important for us in today's day and age of quick quick news cycles and changing direction all the time. I personally would love to see the line drawn where it's like, nope, even as great as that is, Ty Gibbs committed to try to win an Xfinity Championship, and that's what we're going to focus on.
0: But real quick, the longer this goes, the harder it is for Joe Gibbs Racing not to go, let's put him in the 18. Because they're, he's doing they're, spectacular they're, in the cup they're, part.
1: What, I, they're weeks past my commitment. I was, I was Road America. So, Like I've said from day one, yeah. Kyle's the guy. But something obviously is amiss in the business side of it. That's right. all I can put my finger on. So how long do we try to slam a square peg into a round hole? At some point, you just Marty's take the right. easy choice.
2: I, the, the longer it goes, the easier that decision becomes. You know those
1: decisions that, you don't want to make and they're right in your face and you kind of yeah. dance all around them and you finally end up at it? I don't know why we dance all around them. Like it's right here. Just yeah. put the kid in and go.
0: Coming up next, and then there was one, just one spot left in the playoff on points. So those have boiled down to Ryan Blaney versus Martin Truex Jr., we'll discuss that next.
1: Let me say this, example. people. Let me say this. Now I'm going to say this. But I'm going to say this. Sorry, caller. I'm going to say this. And let me say this. And i want to go on record with that, and I'm going to say it until pack freeze is over, okay? But let me say this.
0: Oh boy, this week on Countdown to Green, we want your questions and comments at 844-NASCAR-NBC. After the show tonight, leave Kyle Petty a voicemail. We'll select a few, feature them during the pre-race coverage this weekend from Richmond. Steve already left him a voicemail. We'll play that this weekend. That'd be great. (laughs) That's it. I also picked up his book. Uh, That's good. Good Yeah, his book, Swerve or Die, out now. So let's hear what Ryan Blaney and Martin Turek Jr. had to say after Michigan on Sunday and their playoff outlook.
3: Ryan. I know what you're going to ask. So, uh, shame uh, <laughs> that another car won. Um, happy for Ford. We went in, just we didn't need the four car to win. So, uh, just
0: try to try to win uh, next few weeks. And battle the 19 in points, it'll be uh, it'll be
4: exciting. That's for sure. So, hopefully we can, we can do it. I really don't know. I mean, it's, um, Richmond were really good in the spring, but we were probably second best car. So, we need to figure out how to be better than that. Uh, Watkins Glen up in the air. We've been good there in the past, but... You know, our road course stuff, like I said, has been off. And then, uh yeah, I don't know. We'll just see. We're, we'll go fight hard like we always do, and uh, we got a great team. We've had a decent year. Just the only thing missing is that win, and that's obviously what what matters now. So, got to find a way to get it done. Could you have ever imagined 15 different winners at this point in the season? I can now. Yeah.
0: I love that <laughs> quote Dustin <laughs> that got from him. Uh, <laughs> playoff standings, by the way, with that one spot left, that's going to be a dogfight. So, does it boil down, honestly? Nate to uh, Blaney versus Truex. Is that the way you view, you view it? I, I mean, it certainly seems that way, Marty. And uh, I, you know, it really, it
2: could be. It boils down to Blaney versus Truex at Richmond because you mm. can make the case, which I think you did earlier today, that Richmond is Martin Truex Jr.'s last best ch- chance for making the playoffs if he needs, a, if he's going to do it which we think he's going to have to do it, by getting a win because he has not been good. Toyota has not been good on road courses this year. Watkins Glen is coming up after Richmond. Mark Trish Jr. has never won a super speedway race at Daytona or Talladega, so Daytona would seem to be ruled out as a really good opportunity. He's won three times at Richmond. Uh, he led 80 laps there in the spring, so I, I think this is the place for him, but... Ryan Blaney scored a career best seventh place at Richmond in the spring. Started on pole, won
1: a stage, so and led the most laps. So I could make a case for either. I think going to Richmond is real simple. I have no doubt the 19 car will have the car to win the race. Um, He says he used a second place car. We had just had a debate. Maybe the first place car. So if you have the top three or four car, you have a chance to win the race. Uh, but you're going to a short track where the decision to pit and how many times and when to come in is perhaps the most important of any short track we go to, and they have not been on the same page of the race winner. And that's easy to say because I have miscalled a million races. I get it, right? <laughs> and you're going like, it's so easy after it happens, yeah. but they just haven't. Like, they've had winning cars a couple times this year, and they haven't seemed to get it all lined up. So it wouldn't shock me, but to answer your question, yes, this is a toe-to-toe Martin Trix Jr., Ryan Blaney, heavyweight battle to the checkered flag at Daytona. There obviously can be a spoiler,
0: but but I don't see one. I think it comes down to these two. Here's the uh, so the three type of races we have left. Short track this weekend in Richmond, Watkins Glen, Road Course, then Daytona. Uh, there's the tail of the tape this tail year. Tape. Fairly even, I would say. I mean, the average finish probably a little skewed for Truex there on the short tracks.
1: I think the average finish on the short tracks is skewed. I think the Road Course ones are very accurate. I think Blaney is five or six spots better than the Toyotas, at least, at the road courses, and and in my mind, if Truex can't gain points here, it gets really pressure-packed at the Glen. And that's the one that really stands out to me, the
2: 16.8 average finish on road courses this year for Truex, because that, again, speaks to just to how, out to lunch, Toyota and Joe Gibbs Racing have been on road courses. Martin Truex Jr. has won at the Glen before, he's won at Snowman before, he's shown himself to be a road course ace, but I think you really have to take the Glenn out of the equation uh, about places he could win. At. I think, you know, it's possible he could win at Daytona because even though he hasn't won at that track sure. before, he's been up there and anybody could win there and he's been right. up there. He's, you know, finished second in the Daytona 500, but I really think Richmond's his best shot.
0: Martin Truex Jr. has finished second in the, in the championship in three of the last five years, Steve. If they don't make the playoffs this year, with one year left, probably, my goodness, what happens? Well,
1: I've said that Martin Truex Jr. is two or three pit stops away from being a three- or four-time champ. I mean, it's really been that close. You mentioned second. Just last year at Phoenix, arguably, he was in command when the, flip, when the pit stops flipped. Now, the five earned it. I'm not taking anything away, but as a driver, I'm not sure Truex did anything wrong to lose it, right? Yeah. So as, if we're only talking about the talent behind the wheel, but the point is we're not. This isn't just Truex against Blaney. It's truthfully the 12 group with Blaney behind the wheel against 19 with Truex behind the wheel. And, and, and I only say that because this year, I believe it's more of a team effort than ever. That's how we have had 15 winners. We have seen Denny Hamlin. Kevin Harvick doesn't win Michigan if Denny Hamlin just comes off pit road in that position, just because of the raw speed, you know. But he did, and Harvick. I mean, stomped them when it was time to go. Right. When is that coin going to flip to Truex? And God forbid it flips to, I don't know, Austin Dillon. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. you want to talk about a head scratcher. Right. You get somebody to have a career day at Richmond
0: that we haven't picked, why Could not? Could happen. Could yeah. happen. You never know. Let's grab a phone call before we get to Kevin Harvick in a few minutes. Brett in North Carolina has a question. Go ahead, Brett. What's your question?
4: Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Uh, my question is... Um, Speaking of Austin Dillon and uh, Eric Amarola, if if we do get two winners outside of Truex and Blaney, and they're out, do you see NASCAR potentially uh, having to make a change with the point system? Because um, that'd be kind of crazy for for two drivers in the top five to miss the playoffs.
2: I, mean, I don't. I think it's a validation of this system. The opposite, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm. I'm not gonna say that NASCAR would be happy or would like celebrate and like, hey, one of our two of our guys in the top ten points didn't make the playoffs, but. The whole point of changing the playoff structure was when you're in, emphasis on winning. And while points still matter, and I'm glad that points still have an impact as the playoffs, you know, whittle it down from 16 drivers to four, I like the fact, Steve, that,
1: like, hey,
2: if you don't win, even if you finish second or fourth in points,
1: you could get knocked out. That's this, the whole this point, This doesn't right? matter. This is like a consolidation complaint prize right here. Like, <laughs> give me back your... Listen, give me back your participate. Do you have a trophy? No. no. Okay, uh, give me the ribbon back. Yeah. Go home. Like, like, I'm sorry. We said this in February. Win. This is about winning. Right. Everything in racing is about winning. We should we should be cheering for winning. I tell you, the travesty in my mind would be this. And it's no one's fault, but it would be upsetting to me. If we had 17 winners... Kurt Busch is probably oh, out. Oh sure, yeah, and out and because a, of injury. That's the tough part. That one is the one I have. And now, now, it's not that I think it's unfair. I just have empathy for a champion who won a race late in his career. It's no one's. Fu- I just wish he would have had the chance. Right. That would be the one that I would be like, gosh, I really don't love that one.
0: Steve, you said it's all about winning. Well, the driver who knows about winning this past weekend, Kevin Harvick, he is in the playoffs after the big win in Michigan when we come back here on NASCAR America. We'll talk to Harvick. There he is. What's up, dude? Talk to Kevin Harvick next. Until? Mm-hmm. All right. On what? What's up, KH? What's happening?
4: How are we doing, guys? Oh, uh, we're just you know, super excited. Yeah, you know how this goes. I'm I'm on the, I'm the uh, on the shuttle bus today. Yep
0: on the shuttle
4: bus no
1: i get it i get it you're mr popular everybody come on this show that show this show let's do it
4: no no i'm running kids around oh, <laughs> oh boy you're, see, you, you see, are the shuttle bus so kevin Copy. i'm gonna tell you i'm the that, shuttle bus
1: that mine are 16 and 18 and how soon i forget because now they're just never home now you're like you have to get them to come home because now that they can drive and they're out and about actually i take tyler my oldest or i don't get to take him my wife takes him to college next friday and let me tell you She's yeah. already started like you know you start talking <sighs> we get like a tear she this it's it's gonna be an emotional couple weeks in the Letard household. So. Man, I can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. It seems
4: it seems so far away, but it's not. It's that's so it's really this not. is it goes everyone quick. told
1: me and I didn't listen, so I'm gonna tell you the same thing, and I think you do a better job than I did. It, just. Every day when you're frustrated about something, enjoy that you have them there to be frustrated about. Because I'm won't. i a pretty non-emotional guy, and the fact that he's leaving is hitting me hard. I'm like, damn. You know? <laughs> Just remember,
0: the days are long, the years are short.
1: Is that how? That's a thank good quote. You, I like that one. 65 races since Kevin Harvick has gone to victory lane. Talent of Kevin Harvick was never the question. The talent of the team was never the question. Perhaps I didn't have enough belief in the guy behind the wheel. He's all by itself. If he wins today, I don't think the numbers and the stats are going to tell you what a shock this is. This is way more than make the playoff. The closer, Kevin Harvick, is going to make it happen in Michigan. Great job!
0: Awesome! Albuquerque. Nobody thought this four team could put it together. Everyone doubted you guys. Did you guys ever doubt yourselves and think, we're not going to pull this off with four races to go?
4: Everybody who doubted us doesn't know us.
0: What a win by that race team. Fun to relive that whole day oh, great. for uh, Kevin Harvick and Stuart Haas Racing. Uh, congratulations, Kevin. Your big prize is you get to be the shuttle bus driver once you get home and you get to drive kids all around town. How was your day today?
4: Yeah, it was, it was exactly the same as it has been every week. Uh, whether I'm, I'm a winner or a loser, I get to uh, run kids around and run errands. And, and today uh, I ran Keelan around, you know, picking up a seat and then I, you know, you pick up a seat and you go to the joys and that, that's an hour. That's at yep. least an hour yep. trying to, trying to pick up a, pick up a seat over there. Luckily the power went out and I had, I had a way out. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, this love one... I love talking to Randy the joy. Yeah. yeah. If you can't get out of the room. You're right. Yeah. So, uh, but this one is right.
0: pretty special. Did you take a little more time to soak this one in Kevin with the magnitude of this win for you and your race team?
4: You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know that it's it's i know it sounds so boring but you know i think for for us it's really just another day and you know it's it's obviously a relief to be in the playoffs and and it's great to to win a race and now you know the conversation switched it's not like you know hey we need to we're we're really working on this we need to do this we need to do this it's like okay now we're in the playoffs now we need to you know maybe shift ahead a couple weeks you're still we still plan for richmond in the simulator this morning i was in there 7 a.m. this morning and, um, you know, spent three hours in, in there for, for Richmond and and uh, Martinsville test coming up. So it's all that structured planning that, that's already uh, on the table. You have to, you know, participate in those things and, and make sure that you get the most out of them as you can. Because, you know, really, it's it's hard to, it's hard, you don't have a lot of time at the racetrack. So the things that happen at the simulator and the thing the conversations that happen after the race with the, with the team. And, you know, the things that, that come with that are so important to the direction of, of how things go for the next week and the things that work, things that didn't work, things that lead to the simulator, the simulator leads the, to the simula- simulation and the setups for the weekend. And then it goes straight to practice. And, you know, so that, that train just keeps rolling. So it, it there's there, it doesn't know whether you won or lost. So, Kevin, one thing I do love about you is you could care less
1: about what we talk about on, on TV, and I think that's what makes you great at your job. But I was one of those guys that said, hey, the 2022 numbers just don't line up. I can't seem to get them in victory lane because I'm a numbers guy. And I'm going to tell you, when you took control of the race, you ran nine laps in a row in the 37-second bracket, and then you put the exclamation point at a 37-73, and I felt like you climbed up in the booth and punched me right in the nose because that was the moment in time in my mind because I wasn't sure, right? Bubba was good. Everything was good. When you ran that 37.7, I threw my pen down and looked at Junior. I'm like, oh, it's over. These guys are great. I want to know from behind the wheel. I I, I know you never say it's over. You can always get a yellow. But did you, like, those are, like, that car was a rocket ship out front. As soon as you got control, did you have confidence, barring a yellow, you kind of knew what you had
4: to do? I was confident with everybody but the 11. I knew the 11 still had us by just a little bit. But when we took the green flag right here, and that car ran three, three and a half tenths faster than, than we had all weekend because of clean air and horsepower and all the air coming in the grill. And, um, you know, we had made our car better. That, that's one second faster than we ran in, in, in practice, um, you know, clean air to, to clean air. So, you know, I think that's that's also been something that's a little bit different this year. You know, you go into these races and a lot of times in the past, you'd say, well, the track's going to slow down. Um, You know this much for the race, so we need to lower the car. That's not the case The the cars a lot of times get faster this year as as you go into the race and you know I think for for me with that clean air trying to find those three tenths really fast It was a totally different driving style and how you had to use the throttle uh, How much you had to use the throttle and and the adjustments that you had to make immediately on the fly there But yeah, like like you say when it started running those it surprised It surprised me as much as it probably surprised you when it started running those 37 sevens and, and eights Um, but look, you know, we, we've had a, we've had a very good month and a half and, you know, I think we were in, we were in this, we were probably in a better position, uh, at Pocono than, and Loudon than we were actually at Michigan, you know, Michigan this last week, we were in the mix fifth, sixth, you know, fourth, you know, just depended on, you know, the, the scenario of everything. And and then everything fell, fell our way with the, with the pit stop and the caution and, and getting control that race. And, And then it was like, all right, don't screw this up here on this on this restart. Don't don't overdrive the corner. Don't miss a shift. Remember, you got to pull backwards. Third is not up anymore. Um, You know, so, you know, you don't you don't want to do any of those dumb things uh, on on the restart. But um, it was really the first time all year that we've had control of the race in clean air. And, you know, that's that's, uh, you know, how much more speed the car had once we had that.
2: Yeah, that's sort of what I was going to ask you there, Kevin. I mean, you you told Marty that right after the win, that you were in control of the race and that was the difference. Um, You know, I guess, like, you're right. Like, we kind of saw it. We saw it at New Hampshire. We saw it at Pocono that you had more speed, but that you didn't have that opportunity there, that everything broke the right way and that you just were in the pits at exactly the right time when the caution comes out and you inherit the lead. Like, did you have to sort of pinch yourself a little bit? It sounds like you were doing a little bit of that, of like, kind of like, hey, i got to dial it back. i make make sure I go through all the the right motions here? Like, how do you do that? Even as a veteran like yourself who's been around NASCAR for so long, like, how do you do that when it all falls in your lap and you execute perfectly? Well,
4: at first, I thought they'd screwed up and tell me what they told me that we were going to be the leader. And I'm like, there's no way we're going to be the leader. We have to be, <laughs> we have to be, we have to be, you know, first car lap down or, you know, something, something's not right there. And, and you forget, you know, when I pitted right there, I was right behind the leader, um, you know, with with the 11 uh, at, at the, on that particular lap. So we pitted right with them, and the pit stops were only nine and a half seconds. They did a, they did a great job on pit road, and, and we were able to, when that caution comes out, the leader slows down, so you lose less ground uh, because the, the leader has let off. So, you know, you know, had that, that fallen for us as well. But, you know, I think, I think um, you know, for, for, for me, you know, it's always just been, okay, well, you know, we went from, we went from here, and now you have to think about what we're going to do over here. And then if it shifts to something else, then you have to shift the mindset to that. And sometimes, you know, when something's not going right, you go into recovery mode and you have to, you know, go silent for a few minutes on the radio and, and not say anything and, and figure out how you're going to address the situation. But it, when it, when it's a situation like that, you go from, okay, well, I thought we had a fast car. Now you got to prove you have a fast car. So now you're going through the mental checklist of, I got a shift. These are my shift points. This is where I need to take off. And it's just right back into, you know, another routine. So, um, so yeah, I mean that, you know, I think it's, um, it's not, I've done this for so long that it's just not hard to shift gears from a mental uh, mindset just because I've done it so much. And, and there's just, um, there's just so many things that you've been through and, and there's always something new, but that part I was, I was, Pretty pretty aware of what I needed to do in, in that particular situation. I thought the 23 was the one that I needed to defend against to make sure that um, you know he didn't get in there farther than me uh, to slide up into the middle of the corner and, and get that track position. And I knew if I could just make it off a of turn two in the top groove with 23 beside me, that was going to give us a chance to get a you know in the in the proper position going down the back straightaway. So all those little thoughts and and all those all those things it all played out and you know it's it it played out to where second third and fourth got to racing each other and when i saw them side by side that was the laps that steves talking about you you have to push 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 in order to try to get as big a gap as possible so that they can't get that draft and and make their lap times better um you know pulling up so i knew when they were side by side that was when i needed to run the hardest
0: before we move on from michigan i want to ask you about piper's post race ride i understand she saw video of keelan's ride right when we played that pre-race feature has she been talking yeah. about this that all week long how's she been after that
4: yeah so i appreciate that you know that was uh, motivation right before the race <laughs> yeah we were yeah. sitting on the pit we were, we were sitting on the pit box during the rain delay and she saw the piece that you guys were playing uh, with with keelan in the side of the car and immediately she was like she turned around mom what do i have to do to ride in the car and she's like you need to look <laughs> at your dad it's, that's up to him. He, he's going to have to win the race for you to get a ride in in that car. So he uh, she she said, "Well, Daddy, you need to win the race because I want to ride in that car today." And I'm like, "Oh man, that's that's a lot of pressure." No promises oh. here, but um, it all worked out. That is
1: a lot of pressure. So I want to talk about kind of this car in this year, right? So you've somehow found this knack of being the same young Kevin Harvick fighting on pit road at Richmond to now being a father. But, but that tenacity in the race car is still the same. That's an amazing balance you kind of pull off. But I go back to the COT and these big things in my career. I was too stubborn, perhaps, to let go of what I found success with. You just don't want to change, right? And the more I talk to Rodney and I hear what he says in the media and you say in the media, this car is so different. Um, You know, you're still a great race car driver, but has it really been a transition of, of what to focus on? Have you really had to let go of certain habits or even comfortable things, like certain things you used to have in the race car you knew you could win with, and this race car just needs something totally different?
4: Oh, it's all totally different, and you know, I I, I think after the Robel test last year, you know, for for me, I knew I'm like, man, I have no expectations next year. It's either going to go, and we're going to be on the front side of this thing, or we're going to be behind. There's not going to really be any mineral. road. Obviously, we were, we were behind, and you know, had to, had to start really going to work. And and I think as as you look at this particular car, it's got a everything about it's different. That you got an electronic mirror, which I love uh, because it's just it's so easy to to use and and um, you know right in your line of sight you don't have to move your eyes as far but when you talk about stuff like that you have to be very open-minded to just change and and you know I think for for me i was i was prepared for change I was prepared for work we had a you know pretty extensive plan this year of of using the simulator and and trying to make it better to make it fit with what we do with the racetrack with the short practices but you know it's it's been challenging trying to get the cars up to speed but There's also been a factor of it that's been kind of fun because we talk about things and, and I will use the pedals as an example. We literally just got my pedals to where I could function inside the race car about four or five weeks ago. I hated the gas pedal. I hated the brake pedal. I, it it all feels different. And honestly I put red grease on the bottom of my shoe every week now. And it's like the, it's like the greatest thing. It's like, (laughs) the greatest thing ever because my foot will now slide on this clunky gas pedal and you know work like it work like it used to but it's just working through stuff like that the steering is different the mirrors are different the pedals are different uh the things that you talk about to make the car work we went from back of the car up to front of the car up and you know it's just every everything is different so you know you have this constant evolution of of things that are happening and you know, I've been through, I've been through a lot of those evolutions and, and Steve can kind of point a few of them out with, with coil binding the front right front spring coil binding, the left front spring um, coil binding, the right rear spring, trying to coil bind the left rear spring. You know, there's, you know, the speedway packages as we had no rules in the back and you'd try to make that thing drag around, around the racetrack. We went from, you know, I guess it was, I guess the fourth generation car to the fifth generation car um, you know, the COT and had the wing, which I never won in a, in a race with, with the wing on it. They put the spoiler back on it for whatever reason it, it fit me a lot better. So, you know, I've been through a bunch of these evolutions of car changes and just technology and suspension setups. And, you know, we, when we started, you never worried about arrow. And then it was all about arrow attitude and making the right side of the car flat, and just so many things. And this fits right in there. Uh, it just mm. happens to be the whole car
0: every one of those you went through steve's like yep oh yeah yeah. oh yeah Yeah. everyone
1: the more he talked the more i said man i love tv oh i love tv it's great hey Uh.
4: steve you 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 have to admit though like when we went through some of those phases like it was fun because it's not like it is now and i sit up in my chair because it makes me excited because it was trial and error i love it i used to love it they, they yeah they came up with ideas and you went to the racetrack and, you know, I've run race cars around racetracks with zero springs in them, uh, sitting on bump stops and, and trying to figure out what the right attitude was. And I've ridden around Talladega Super Speedway and Dale Earnhardt's seat that had bus springs in it that, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he didn't want to show up to the test. And I would bounce up and down uh, in the car, testing his car. And, and so, you know, that's that stuff was, that's how we that's how I grew up. You didn't go to the simulator and you didn't go to the engineer's office and and try to figure out what the new setup was going to be and what it might look like. And, you know, this scan and that scan, you went to the racetrack and if it didn't work and, and, or you found something that worked, and it drug something on the racetrack, you went and back to the trailer, and you got a Sawzall, and you cut the front clip yeah. off, and then you welded it back up, and you raised the motor up to it. So, Him hey, and I grew up with the it's, same it's, thing.
1: The more everybody else had their head in their hands, the more I smiled. I hope you hate it, because we're going to go find a solution, yeah. whatever it may be. That's uh, right.
0: That's fun yep. stuff. Hey, that's man, good it was
1: fun on site. So, hey, congratulations. I mean, it was, it was fun to watch, and it was, it, like I said, it truly was an exclamation point, those last 20 laps, was exactly what I, I was excited to see. It was
0: very impressive. Before we let him go, I want to grab a couple phone calls. Well, hey, yeah, listen. show. Van, let, the van, let the fans chat with Kevin. So it us go to NASCARL. <laughs> NASCARL, you're on with Kevin Harvick. Go ahead, NASCARL. All right, Kevin, before I get to my question. So we've been going to Michigan for a while, but the June race, and we have a tradition all of us at our group have our driver's flag. My son, Austin, 15 years old, not once only congratulate you on the win, but the glory that he gets next year to put your flag in the number one spot <laughs> it came up. So Austin says he's pumped about that and says, thank you very much, Kevin. <laughs> but,
4: well, uh, I, I'm, I'm going oh, yeah. go, go ahead, ahead. Kevin. No, um, I'm, I'm, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, though, before you keep going. The crowd at Michigan this weekend was phenomenal, oh, fantastic. And, you know, it's the first first time that the infield has been sold out. I think since two thousand and
0: yeah, ten years, eleven
4: or twelve, whatever, whatever it was. And and you know, that's always one of my favorite places to go as far as riding around the infield. And and so you can ask your question now, but hats off to the fans for the weekend.
0: Well, thank you. We we love the racing. Um. Now, you know, I'm a Ford guy, and, uh, you know, the one thing has been Toyota, Chevy. They have had the speed. Now, I'm not behind the scenes like you are, Kevin. What have you seen from just the Ford, the engineers, that you like, the hard work they're putting in, to where the improvements are starting to show, obviously, with your win? But what are you seeing that the
4: normal fan don't see from Ford that's giving you guys the confidence as we move forward into the stretch run in the playoffs? Heck, I think we were changing our nose before the season even started. So, um, you know, I think that that's kind of that's kind of how that that got started off. And you know, I think um, you know as as you've looked at the season, I, I don't think there's anything we haven't improved on understanding the cars, the engines. Roush H has done a, a great job with, with the engines. I you know I think uh, the, the biggest thing is just understanding your race car, and, and whether it's better or worse at this point, we had to forget about that and just figure out how to maximize the the race car to make it go as fast as we could make it go and we you know we haven't been doing that we haven't been the fastest car through the corners we haven't been uh the the you know to the point where we said that's as fast as we can make the car go through the corner and even at michigan you know you're still letting off the throttle so you're not wide open wide open through the corners so you know i think as a team we we kind of said okay this is the car is what we have and and it is what it is how do we make it how do we maximize what we have to make go through the corners as fast as we can, because that's where the speed is, is going to come from. It's, it's going to run faster down the straightaway. If it, if it goes through the corner and, you know, except for Daytona and Talladega, you know, those are the the two racetracks where you hold it wide open, even Atlanta, you know, you, you wanted some, some downforce in the car to, you know, because things are happening a little bit quicker than, than they happen at at Daytona and Talladega. So I'd say it was everything. I, I think it was, you know, just one of those scenarios where, we had to improve on a, on a whole bunch of things, uh, right off the bat. And, and it's just, it takes time. It's a massive ship, uh, to, to turn a direction with and, and understand and get all the tools that you need. We have all the tools. It's just understanding what comes out of those tools and, and, um, you know, what direction you go from there. And that's, that's why those, you know, those conversations are so important on a week to week basis, practice, practice basis. And I, you know, I think back to, you know, the, the Pocono race and, you know, we came in, we were terrible in practice and and we came in and, you know, we went the exact opposite way for, for qualifying. And I walked up in the lounge after I did my media and I'm, you know, I asked Rodney, I said, so what, you know, what, what do you think? And he's like, well, we're going to do this and this, you know, we're going to probably go away from, from how we started. And I was like, I don't know. I said, you know, there were several pieces of that. You know, I think we just need to look at maybe, you know, redoing the Heights and, and talking through, and we just talked through a whole bunch of things and we wound up going, right back to where we started at the beginning of practice <laughs> with some changes to the attitude of the car, a couple of small little changes, some air pressure changes, but that conversation was so important. And that's that's the importance of, of all the conversations right now because you can steer them down this road and they might be thinking they need to go down this road, but then you can say you can say two more things and then they're back on track and saying, okay, well, it's not as bad as we think it would be. So. All those conversations are are super important because everybody sees it differently.
0: Well, we appreciate the insight. Some terrific stuff. stuff. Steve, appreciate the walk down memory lane, and we'll see you in Richmond, (laughs) man.
4: Get those sawzalls out, Steve. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Sawzall brother. I'm first in line. Let's do it.
0: Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Congratulations on the win. Kevin Kevin Harvick with a big win at Michigan, now heading to Richmond this weekend. When we come back, we'll preview Richmond and what we expect this weekend. A lot of crazy strategies. Steve's ready with a calculator.
1: You can be in, then you're out. You can be out, then you're in. It ramps up the intensity. Yes. It ramps up the pressure. Guys are going to try to go get it, maybe when they don't have it. How do you find your way through a three-quarter mile short track unscathed? Good luck. The leader spun out. Oh, trouble off
0: turn two. Oh, big hey, hit there. Alex Bowman coming out of nowhere. Hell oh, yeah. Martin Trex Jr. sliding all the way across the finish line. F- you, Old guys rule in
4: Richmond. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, baby.
0: Cannot wait to get to Richmond, your old stomping grounds, Nate. Uh, we're going to be busy all on USA this weekend. Yeah, afternoon race too on uh, Sunday. I, I don't know how I feel about that. To how be we honest. feel about that? Uh, but I like Nate. It. Since it is your old stomping grounds, you win the award because you're responsible for the weather. Okay, this that's weekend. right. Yeah, you're responsible for the weather, and it's going to be 82 and sunny, Steve. We got to give Nate some credit for the I'll
3: take credit
1: for that. I lived in
2: Richmond for ten years. I'll take
0: credit. for that.
1: I buy you a cold beverage if the weather's really that nice. It is going to be very hey, nice. Listen, I don't know why you're flipped. A day race at Richmond is the best thing
0: that's I ever happened. That. At I Richmond. like it at night. I don't know why, but because I like you're on pit road, and you don't like the sun. We that's all. That's a know good point, why. Steve. Uh, let's <laughs> talk about strategy real quick. We got to listen. About all you have to do seconds. is
1: decide if you're going to pit once, twice, three times. Figure out when the caution comes out, and you'll have a chance. No, the serious thing is, listen. We now have a spectacular situation here this is a track where the tires wear so quickly and you actually lose very little time pitting the way the pit road works that you don't worry about fuel you just do the math our tires gonna beat old tires and all you have to do is get through this traffic correctly Uh
0: so you're saying we're gonna have strategy all over the place you could pit once you could pit twice in a stage And Denny Hamlin pitted twice in the stage. He pitted twice, and I've
1: run it. Listen, I have pages for pages for pages, and I will tell you that while it seems like it's like an awesome automatic. Oh, Denny Hamlin, do what he did. Four laps to go is when he passed William Byron. I have this for you
0: and I. What's this?
1: You know that? Cupcake. Crow. The crow. Yes. I <laughs> need it. <this> one hard <laughs> Two meals in out. a row, actually, now. This would make three. Crow? That's okay. the best crow I've had. Really? Okay, you looks have three crow. One
0: out. We'll see you in Richmond this weekend. This Nate, I'm, I'm eating for I'm Brad Doherty, Steve's eating for himself. <laughs> see you guys Saturday in Richmond. I like this.